This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Book Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mug Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Previously on Homestale Radio. How do you feel uh, about watching that final and, you know, and, and being proved correct for probably the first time ever? £175 worth of correctness. So <laughs> <laughs> <Huh? laughs> it's a real shame I'm just reading through some of these quotes on the BBC page and I'd mm. just really love you to read them out in Tony Pulis's voice, Chris. Do you know what? I you, have... you do such a good Dougie Friedman and Ian Holloway <laughs> that I'd like to hear your Tony Pulis piece. I've never tried Pulis. See, it's rubbish. It's a prop. That's more Chris Coleman. I'm going to have to work on this. So the, the lineups, I'll very quickly run you through them. Um, I'm sure you're aware of them, but if you can, were. we have the greatest one first, please. Um, <laughs> oh. I guess they're all part-time players, um, and you know, well, they only played the part of the match. <laughs> hey, hey, he's back! He's back! Gus, it's back, everyone. For all our contact information and to send us an email, visit holradio.net forward slash contact. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Homestyle Radio. My name is Chris Hambling, and I will be your host tonight as we return to our weekly live shows to review all the games, talking points, and more throughout this coming Premier League season. With me today in our state-of-the-art new facility deep underneath South Norwood Lake are Ben Nagel. Hello. Hello, Joel Holyoke. Hello. Hello, Joel. And Patrick O'Connor. Good afternoon. Hmm, it's definitely not afternoon here, but anyway. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> On the agenda tonight, we take a look back over the USA Tour to discuss not only the games themselves and the key performances, but Patrick will be giving us his insight on the experience as someone who was actually there. Uh, you know, did the Eagles impress over the pond? We'll look back at both yesterday's friendlies, a 3-0 win at Forest Green and a 3-2 defeat at Brentford. Uh, we'll be talking about the transfer stories from the week that caught our eye with views from Twitter, the, the, the Twitter Collective, about Hangland, Pogatets and Zaha. And if that wasn't enough, we celebrate our return with a big interview. The North East has given so much to the world, a bottled brown ale that inexplicably sells worldwide despite tasting like an old shoe. Cheryl Cole, Sir Bobby Robson, Cheryl Cole, Fog on the Tyne, Cheryl Cole and Gaza. But the day that Northeast gave us our guest was easily the day it did its best work. The amazing Peter Ramage will be joining us live during the show. First up, it's news in brief. 
Palace have announced the signing of former Fulham captain Breda Hangeland on a one-year contract. The 33-year-old Norway international's six-and-a-half-year stay at the Craven Cottage came to an end after they decided not to offer the defender a new deal following their relegation from the Premier League. Frasier Campbell has also joined the club for under £1 million from Cardiff City. We're running our annual Fantasy Football League again this season. And this year we switched from the Sun to the Premier League and you can join our league by visiting holradio.net forward slash fantasy football. Sounded like you said H there. Do you, do you mean H? Yeah, well, they technically are the same letter, Chris. I just I won't H. have that. I won't H. have that on this radio show. Well, it depends if it's Harrods or Harrods. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get into this, but I never do that again, ever. All right. Sorry, mate. It's okay. Mila Yednak has turned th- <laughs> turned thirty years old. Are you? Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, so we're gonna. No, sing happy birthday to that Bonza chap. On three, everyone. <laughs> One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Oh, this is carnage. I'm not doing any more of this. Birthday to melee. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you, get, you get the gist of it, mate. All right? Bonza. Terrible. Well, I'm just, I don't know about you guys, I'm just really sorry about what happened during News in Brief. Um, seemed like a good idea. Oh it did sound worse at the end, right? Yeah, I mean, when you come back to it, it just, I mean, yeah. it's hard to sing in time when you... you sorry, everyone. Sorry about that. It, we, just, we won't do it again. I absolutely promise that will never happen again. Uh, just a quick shout out. We've got some drunk, they call themselves drunk yanks. So I think I'm allowed to use that term. Uh, listening in the bar, that's, uh, we're getting tweets from Rob Sardan- Sardonic Gate, which is, you know, what a great Twitter name that is. Uh, at at Spidlurk? Spidlurk? Hmm. I don't know. He's, uh, if you don't know who that is, he's the guy who actually streamed the Richmond <laughs> game from the USA for, uh, on his phone, which many, many people watched. And we thoroughly enjoyed his commentary as well. So big shout out to you guys there listening in the pub. Um, yeah, and we'll have you on at some point in the near future. Uh, obviously, uh, hopefully a lot of you listening in for the uh, competition. Um, well, six people, well, let's say will be selected very soon. Um, and we will announce later on in the show who those six people are. If you're lucky enough to be one of the people selected, that's one, um, that's one of the six, uh, you will be in a race against time to phone us live when the klaxon sounds during the show. Uh, and the winner will be DM'd for uh, clarification and address, etc. after that. So it's to win the Arsenal away ticket. We've had hundreds and hundreds of you register. Uh, so, yeah, just keep an eye out. We, we will be reading the six people who have a chance uh, and obviously we'll give you the full details of how to get in touch with us a little bit later on so just keep listening and we'll come back to that shortly uh, we are running, uh, running running a twitter poll today it's a lot harder to say than it seemed <laughs> um, so uh, if you go onto our twitter account you'll see a tweet on there asking about whether we should sign re-sign Wilf Zaha uh, you've got the option to retweet or f- uh, if you agree or favourite if you don't agree and we'll reveal the results at the end of the show so hopefully that's gone out. So check that on Twitter. Um, and we'd be good to get to gauge your reaction. There we go. Um, on the line, we have Chris Nye. Hi, Chris. Hi, hi there. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? I'm all good, thanks. Uh, Chris is going to kick us off today as, um, as one of a selection of semi-regular contributors. And So, I mean, first thing we're, ch- we're chatting about is the USA Tour. So off you go, mate. 
Yeah, well, um, I was actually one of those people that watched that phone stream from, what's his name, <laughs> Spindle or something? I can't quite, <laughs> can't quite remember. <laughs> I, I, Palace games never give me such a headache, to be honest, but it was, you know, I pre appreciate the, the effort, but all up to half two watching that mm. one. It was quite hard to work out, but generally I thought the tour was, you know, just excellent. It was great coverage from the Palace and, you know, with the videos of watching them train and things like yeah. that, it was good opportunity. You don't really get to see that as a fan. Uh, see them train too much and it was obviously on the back of an Austrian tour which what, what we heard was like, quite gruesome really with really <laughs> early starts long bike rides to this training at half five and and the, I suppose fundamentally the 13-1 was a little bit of a kick in the park um, you know a bit of a kick about but you know, Max said that you know, never worked so hard in 12 years of professional football so that was really um, a good way to kick on to the US tour which uh, I thought was a great coverage apparently um I heard that they pay for everything as well, so you've got to save a few bob there. So you get to sort of tour the countries and the states, three different states, mm. and all for free, really. So uh, also what I really liked, I must say, is um, it was great to see Jay Gray and uh, Jerome Williams getting involved in first-team action. Definitely. I thought that was really good. And I, I know that under-21s, I think, can be part of the 25 squad, but do you think that's, do you think that's now then with the first team, or are they heading back to the development squad? It's a good question, isn't it? I mean, I think that the, the trouble is it, it's hard to know without the full squad being, you know, being assembled because obviously we've still got work to do in the transfer market. But I think, I mean, Gary Issett said it, didn't he, that, that the job for the, those guys who did go for Boateng, Williams and, uh, and Jake Gray was to never go back to the youth team. Um, yeah. And you, you've got to hope that, that one, one or, you know, hopefully maybe all three would, would get a chance to do that, to stay in the first team environment. But I don't, I don't know if I'm convinced that, that they've got the ability. It's a different thing with the Premier League, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think that that's, true. that's the biggest battle. Uh, Williams has got a good chance in the fact that we currently don't have a recognised <laughs> left back beyond him, do we? So, um, <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what do you think of the three? What's your, you know? Um, well, I completely agree. Agree. I mean, the left back is a bit of a void at the moment. I mean, with Mariapa playing right back, and you've got Ward at left back is great. But we've sold Parr and Moxie now, so we do need obviously left back cover. I think everyone will agree that. Um, maybe he can step up. I, I like to think that he did look confident in the games. He, you know, he bombed forward quite a bit. Um, didn't really make too many mistakes from what I saw. So, yeah, I think um, he could be out of the three. I think he's probably got the best chance. Um, just a little hunch there. Also, just another quick question I, I've got for you guys. Um, one player that really stood out for me was Barry Bannon. I just thought that his touch, his passing and patrol, just got, it was like almost world-class at times. Is. Mm. And I just got this horrible feeling that he's just not going to quite cut it there. But I, I, I don't know why. Surely Tony Pulis sees that he's got like he's one of our best passers of the ball, without a doubt, yeah. I feel. He's been more involved than I thought. Uh, Patrick, you got a view on this? Yeah, um, just going back to uh, Chris saying about um, Jerome Williams, I got to see him play against both Philadelphia and Richmond, and he looks very, very good. I think he'll definitely get a chance to be a part of the squad this year, um, considering if we don't have a left-back now, and if we get one, he's very capable of filling in. He's very strong one-on-one -on -one defending. He's got a great left foot. He actually can get down the line. He and Balassi combined very well in the matches. So I think he'll definitely get a chance uh, as part of the squad. And getting back to Baden, I thought Baden played great um, whenever he came on um, that I saw him. The thing is, he doesn't look happy. Um, we saw him after the Richmond game, got to talk to him for a little bit, and he was very, very friendly. But you just got a feeling that there's something going on there that he may not be 
uh, either staying or happy with what's going on with you know with going on in the background. So that's a little insight from me yeah. on that. Barry Barry Baden's always looked like that though, hasn't he? For the days <laughs> <Friday, he> <laughs> Good point. He was, he was really grumpy, so I'm not sure. I, I, I thought, yeah, maybe there's something to read into that, but right. I do feel that he's just a bit of a grumpy one. To be <laughs> yeah. honest. <laughs> just right, I'm just gonna get yeah. uh, gonna get Ben's Ben's last little bit of uh, view on this, then we'll let you go, Chris. Yeah, oh, first of all, on on Barry Bannon, um, I agree with what you're saying about him sort of potentially moving on because you know he, he's a player that you know has had first team football for a number of years at, at Aston Villa and he's come to to Palace obviously to get first team game time and that hasn't really happened for him and I suppose you can't really blame him for for wanting to go elsewhere because there are teams that he will play. It's just sort of happened that he's not really fitting in the system that that Tony Pulis wants to play and it's unfortunate because every time that he does play. Um, you know, you get a lot of fans commenting about how well he's done. I mean, even in the games this preseason, you know, he uh, he set up a goal with pretty much his first touch the other day, and you know, he he obviously has got a lot of talent, but it just hasn't hasn't worked out for him yet at Palace. And just really quickly on Jerome Williams, Chris, you and I were were talking about this yesterday, actually. Um, yeah. About how it was more out of necessity, I think that that Jerome Williams has has played uh, so much in preseason because obviously that left back position is something that will need to be filled, and I think will be filled in the coming weeks. Um, he's obviously talented because uh, out of a few, you know, we've always been blessed with left-backs at, at Palace and he's sort of been chosen to, to play there and he obviously is a great player, but whether he'll even be a left-back when he, you know, when he gets a bit older is, is debatable. So I think, uh, you know, it, if he does play this season at all for the first team, it'll be very few and far between and, and potentially only, you know, sort of late substitutions. OK, um, I'll leave it there. Um, thanks so much for getting in touch, Chris. Um, really appreciate yeah. it. And um, no yeah, thanks, sure we'll speak to you again. Yeah, see you in a couple of weeks when we beat the Cunners, so... <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> nice right. one, mate. Cheers. All right, Bye. see you. Bye. 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 Um, yeah, if, like Chris, you do want to get in touch with us, um, I, do you know what? It's one of those shows where I actually don't even know what our phone number is anymore, but there'll be a contact jingle at some point that will play it. Uh, you can get in touch with us, and hopefully someone will tell me what it is later. Uh, but, yeah, we're just, yeah, regular regular callers from, from you guys would be great if we, and, you know, then we'll be answering the questions that you want us to. Um, okay, so we can talk a little bit more about this, the USA tour, of course, um, mainly through yourself, Patrick, because you were there in person. Um, just tell us a little bit about your experience. Obviously, you know you have been over to uh, to watch games, um, but you know it's very rare that you sort of get that opportunity. So you got two in quick succession. How did you find it? It was it was it was brilliant. Um, you just don't get to see your team you grew up watching in your new home backyard. So to see Palace play was brilliant. So first, I didn't go to Columbus. I've been to Columbus before, and it's a pretty boring town. So I didn't want to go to that match. So I went to Philadelphia and Richmond, and I was very impressed with the Philadelphia uh, Stadium. It's a brilliant stadium right next to the river. Um, there were quite a few Palace fans there. We had our own little section in between some of the Philadelphia fans, and there had to have been at least, I'm going to say, 100 to 150 Palace fans there. Quite a few came over from England, which was nice. They brought a nice big banner. And um, the match was nice. The players warmed up, you know, pretty early, you know, waved us as they came on, waved us as they went off. And the game was pretty well played. But just to have a chance to see Palace live, you know, was, was really nice. Um, unfortunately, at the end of that match, the, pal- the players couldn't come over to see us because we were kind of far away from the, from the pitch. But we went to Richmond, which was a couple of days later on, uh, actually just last Monday. Um, uh, Jules, Julian Sproni wasn't playing and actually sat in the stands with the, with the fans, which is absolutely amazing. So we'd go over to him during the game and just like talk to him, get autographs and take pictures with him. He was really, really extremely friendly. And at the end of that match, the players actually came over 
and signed autographs, took pictures with the fans, stayed very, very late after the game, which is really nice. That's why I said I'll talk to Bannon for a little bit after that, spoke to Rambo, Glenn Murray, and that. So it was a great experience. And just to see them play, I mean, like I said, I got to see players I haven't seen play. I've sort of got to see Jake Gray play, you know, got to see Jerome Williams play. Again, I think out of those three and Boateng, I think Williams is the most ready. But it also comes out of the fact that we really have a more of a need at left back than any other position. Mm. Um, the players look very fit, you know, a little rusty. Some of the games competition was was decent because I mean they played a, a, a MLS team in Philadelphia and um, USL team, which is over here is about Division Three yeah. um, in Richmond. So the competition wasn't great, but I thought the players played well, uh, and I thought he worked. You know, he worked when he wanted to work, and he worked on fitness. He worked on shape. And uh, it was just great to see them over here. And even got to see, again, I forgot to mention, Steve Parrish came down to the fans during yeah. the Philadelphia game, was talking to the fans. So it was really great to interact with the, with the players and the, and the Palace people. It was really a great experience for people who haven't got a chance. It was great to see other Palace fans from both over here <laughs> and England. It was a really, I mean, I, I can't say how much I really loved the experience, mm. me and my son. It was really phenomenal. So, I mean, how, how, were they, the lo- how did the locals sort of receive the club? Um, the cl- Obviously, part of the part of the reason for going over is is to raise profile. Um, would you say that was a, su- a success in us doing that? I think definitely in Richmond. Richmond is a town that is a uh, kind of quiet. The stadium is not a great stadium. The Philadelphia Stadium is much much better quality. They're trying to get into you know bigger time. But the fans at Richmond were, were excellent. They were very very uh, boisterous. They were they took to the Palace uh, players very well. They were cheering. They got autographs after the game. Uh, they were very happy to have it. Was, it. It was sold out. It was totally packed. The parking lot was packed uh, before the game, after the game. So, no, the Richmond fans took to it. I couldn't really see the same thing in Philadelphia. I think there was more of a, like a New York-type town. They kind of, you know, didn't really take to Palace as much. The, the stadium wasn't as filled up. But definitely Richmond, that was a great trip to kind of get new types of fans. I think there was a blog that was done by someone over here who mentioned that a lot of the Richmond fans have kind of become Palace fans because of the, the trip. So, Definitely was well worth it from that standpoint. Um, yeah, I, I, I did actually pick up on what you were saying. I did think that uh, certainly the um, well, the Columbus game wasn't it? It was, it was fairly sparsely populated. Exactly. And you exactly. just Again, thought... Columbus is a very strange town, Chris. There's not much going on in Columbus. To be honest <laughs> with you, it's more of a no, it's more of a college town. So mm. I'm not surprised that there weren't a lot of fans there. I think Philadelphia and Richmond were better spots to pick, and I think you, you saw that by the fans that came there. And uh, the uh, kind of way they reacted to the uh, the players there. So I think Richmond was the best of the three, and Philadelphia was definitely second. Columbus was the first one that was kind of far away. So, well, well let's not forget uh, that Columbus also gave us Ryan Schweppfinger. Do you, do you know about <laughs> I, that? You... I, I, I remember. I watched the uh, I watched it online also. He was awesome. He was really great. I got to admit, he was very, he was very, very funny. It's just it's the greatest name in history, oh, Ryan Schweppfinger. The Americans just, have the best names, don't they? They, they do. do. You don't get a Ryan <laughs> Schweppfinger over there. If they could take get rid of Andy Townsend and replace him with Ryan Schweppfinger, oh, then coverage in this country would be just oh, yeah. amazing. Anyway, I'm I'm sorry. I just <laughs> I yeah, just so again, experience. I really I have to thank Pally for coming over. It was great. I hope they come over again soon. Joe, you were about to say something there. I'm yeah, sure. no, I think I, I think um, Danny Shitu pushes him quite <laughs> close for, for a name, but I'll just nice one. <laughs> I did. I, I, oh, I'm not going to say. I basically, there is an article online where there's the top ten best names. There's some absolutely sensational ones, but I think most of them I can't actually say on air. So uh, yeah. I'll let you. I'll let you guys Google that for yourselves. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, uh, I, I mean, in terms of the games, obviously the Columbus game was streamed, and um, it was very. It's obviously the, the first game of the tour. 
Um, so again, it's very hard. All of this preseason stuff, it's very hard to not read too much into it. And it's all, you know, we know it's all the fitness exercises. But, exactly. Um, but I, I think, I mean, when you look at it, there was. I thought the Columbus game in particular was was very interesting. The first half, we, um, well, it was in, the, the the mindset from last season seemed very much evident in the. We were actually quite reserved and compact, and conceded a lot of possession of the ball to what was a, a good team. They actually were a very decent team, but yeah, they are. They they weren't. I didn't think that they were up to the standard of the Palace one. I think in the second half, it kind of showed that the Palace suddenly realised, oh, hold on a second, we can actually have a bit more of the ball. And the reason I bring that up is I think it's quite an interesting. It's, it's going to be the problem for the season. I think. I think it's where does Tony Pulis go as a manager from from the team that we had last year, which got to eleventh place by by being solid and, and letting the opposition have the ball and doing you know and playing on the break. Is he going to try and transition that? Have we seen signs of that in pre-season? Um, obviously, you know Ben Gell, you're there. What, what do you think? I start with you, Ben. Is there? Do you think there's been a sign in this pre-season that there's maybe a change to the way we're going to play? Oh, it's a very risky move if you do try it. I think from, if I, you know, if I were Crystal Palace manager, if I were Tony Pulis, it's got to be more of the same. You know, if you finish eleventh in the season, you you're not going to change a massive amount going into the next one in terms of style of play. Obviously, personnel will change, uh, and hopefully, you know, more than it has done so far. But you know, pre-season, as you say, like I think if you see Palace have got a lot of the ball, that's not, you know, that's not saying that going into the season it's going to be the same because we've played opposition that hopefully aren't going to be. Uh, you know the same sort of standard as as we as we're playing further into the season. So I think personally you've got to sort of play this roughly the same uh, style. And I think the players that he's brought in so far um, sort of contribute to that quite well. Mm. Um, okay, it, I know what you're saying. I absolutely do. And it, you're right. It is a risk. And I'll ask this question to you, Joe. So get yourself prepared to give an opinion. I'm prepared. Um, I thought you might be. <laughs> um, <laughs> Isn't it risky though? Isn't it risky to stay the same as well? Because obviously you get familiarity from other clubs. They know that they're going to get the lion's share of possession, so they can think about how to hurt you a bit better, rather than you know the, the get preoccupied with the fact that they're playing a totally pure side, which is, I think was the undoing of the likes of um, probably Chelsea and to some extent Liverpool. Uh, the bit too sort of worried about the physical challenge and and if we stay the same, isn't there a, a chance that the clubs will figure out a better way of? of you know, of, of playing against us, and maybe we won't have the same success that we did. Um, well, f- well, physically, we'll we'll match up to anybody. Um, I, th- I think that is just the purest way. And our players, as we, as you know, the players that are coming in um, are a bigger, a de- definitely, definitely bigger. I think Hangerland six seven. Um, so. Uh, <sighs> It's, it's very difficult, and I, I, I need to go back to yesterday. And can I talk about yesterday? Yeah, of course you can. Okay, all right. Well, firstly, no, I can't believe no one's even mentioned it. I thought Yannick was massively uh, lucky to stay on the pitch after that tackle in the first half, after about fifteen mm. minutes. I thought he'd done him, and I could see his studs from where I was, and I got bad eyes. Um, <laughs> but you know, you could see his commitment. Um, but I, I really hope, and again. I commented on it in Twitter and a lot of people turned around and said, yeah, it's only a friendly, but we have only got two weeks to go. But we played yeah. hoofball yesterday and I'll tell you what, I'd, I'd, if he was using it as a fitness exercise, yeah. then, we weren't, then we weren't shutting them down because in the second half, we were completely outplayed. Completely outplayed. They had, you know, they, we, we, it looked like we didn't have a middle of the midfield. You know, we were sitting back as if we were playing Chelsea and... Um, yeah. 
you know, um, it's it's very strange, very strange to see us sitting back. You know, I mean, I know they've had a couple of tricky wingers, and but you know, it's uh, yeah, you, you're, but yeah, I, I totally agree. That's exactly my observation as well, mate. To be completely honest with you, um, obviously we will talk in a bit more detail about Brentford and Forest Green a little later on. But but in terms of the theme of what I'm saying, and, and again, of the USA talk, we did this, we did the same thing throughout the games. Uh, if you look at I mean, you can't really look too much too far back to the Gretz game when we won 13-1 because of the standard of the opposition. I think it's even more evident since we've seen the games we've played since just how you know off the pace they were. Um, but I, I do think it is very interesting that any... I mean, obviously we are in pre-season. Obviously we are not rusty. And going into a lot of these games, there is a lot of tiredness because the guys are being pushed. And one factor you, you mentioned, and uh, I think Pat, Patrick mentioned as well, that everyone looks incredibly fit at the moment. On the Palace side, they you know a few people are bulked up. A lot of people have got energy to sort of run all game, but they just had just been looking a little bit heavy legged. And I think definitely, you know that's that's what's been the, that's why you're not seeing so much flowing football, and that's I why you see what, I think seeing a lot of long balls and stuff like that. I think basically, it's people are people are just a little heavy legged. I can suffer the I can suffer the, the long ball because because that's all we did yesterday for the first half. In fact, we did for most of the game. But but what I'm saying is when you know the the main point last year was we were getting flick ons. And the year before, the, our, our forwards were winning flick ons, and and people were too far, You know, like uh, Yannick wasn't ready to, to wasn't ready or punching ready for the flick on. Murray and mm. Shamet won loads of flick ons yesterday. They just went through to their goalkeeper. He weren't shut yeah. down. They weren't within 20, 30 yards of, of the, of the flick. <coughs> That's all yeah. it was. You know, you had like 1,800 of us went over there. I've done 60 quid yesterday. And it's just, uh, if it was just a fitness exercise, you know, we, we don't want to go over there and, and get beat by him. No, uh, no. And I, and I think that's, I think it's not, it's never just a fitness exercise, is it? And I think Tony Pulis is on record as saying himself that they go in, you know, they go into each of those friendlies wanting to win that game. And to be fair, it's, you know, it's the only game we really lost you know, this, this pre-season. But, uh, you know, I don't, again, I don't want to, I don't get dragged into to talking too much about the Brentford game. We'll come to that because we've got quite a lot of um, strong opinions on that, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, again, going back to, to sort of sign off the USA talks, we're going to give Rambo a shout in a minute. Um, I think it was an incredibly successful tour for a, for a number of reasons, purely that it got the team away. Got you build team spirit by getting them all in one location, away from home, sort of thing, away, away from home comforts. Um, like I say that the noise is coming out of the camp, and, and as Patrick was referring to the videos you saw of them training and things like that, it looks really good, a really tight unit, really working hard. And I think if you start with that basis, and, and Tony Bridges is very good at that, is giving giving you a solid base to build from. I'm just interested to see where he goes, and I think. In the coming weeks, the people we bring in will really dictate just how far we can move our style along. Because, you know, I do, I do believe that we would struggle to repeat the same thing next season, just trying to play exactly the same way and doing the exact same things. Because I think, in reality, we we were conceding too much possession. And you know what football's like? It's a, it's a flip of a coin sometimes, isn't it? When between a, a ball, you know, a ball hit in the post and a ball going in the net, and there's been. Moments in games that were vital for us, where it just could have gone that other way, and we, you know, we had a little bit of luck with injuries and stuff like that. So, you know, it's early days, and there's not too much to um, to be absolutely certain of in terms of what we're planning tactically. But like I said, I think the transfers, which we'll talk about later, will dictate an awful lot going forward. Anyway, we'll have a quick breakaway, and when we come back, hopefully, we'll uh, be speaking to Mr. Peter Ramage. Are you a Palace fan? You can't get a ticket for games these days. 
Boy, you're confused by the club's recent success and long for the glory days of lumping the ball to a talentless half-assed forward. Are you angered by being surrounded by a positive, supportive atmosphere instead of deathly silence occasionally interrupted by the moronic complaints of a degenerate? Well, then why not buy a season ticket to Millwall? Down at the den, we're old school, just like you. We're a terrible football team supported by idiots. We all have horrendous lives, and our only release is to go to the football, throw some bottles, lighters, and coins at opposition players, yet mysteriously end up unpunished. We've made huge strides in recent years, safely removing the Millwall roar, replacing it with a sterile, depressive sense of inevitable decline. So join us, please. And advert for Millwall season tickets there. Um, anyway, we're joined by Peter Ramage. Hello. 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 Oh, there you Hello. are. I panicked for Sorry, a second I'm just, there. I'm, <laughs> I'm just coming into to the train station, so I'm, uh, all right, I'm, no uh, I should be all good. Excellent. Well, you know, if you have to concentrate on something else, just, you know, just let us know. Um, no, we'll, no, I'll be all right. We'll get straight into it, mate, if you, if you don't mind. Um, obviously, welcome, welcome back to the show. Uh, you played a game yesterday. How are you feeling? Yeah, I feel all right. Uh, a wee bit stiff. It's uh, still early in well, not early. It's sort of midway through pre-season, so trying to get ninety minutes under your belt is uh, it's tough going. But uh, enjoyed it. Enjoyed yesterday. Enjoyed the run out. Boys, boys done really well. Um, it's good just to have a sort of a, a relaxing day today. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, well we'll have a little chat about that match in a moment. Um, but let's have a little look back to last season. You, you headed out to Barnsley on loan. Um, and unfortunately, the team did end up dropping out of the division. But how did you get on in general up there? Yeah, it was tough. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say it was uh, enjoyable. It wasn't obviously getting, me getting relegated. It was a different great feeling. Um, but if anything, I kind of learned more about myself and more about the game in, in the tough times than I did you know, the year we got promoted. Um, it, was, it was a learning curve for me, something I'd never be, really been experienced. Uh, in like relegation battles that severe um, you know I was having to play games and I was you know injured and things like that wasn't great but it was uh, it was tough but in a, in a strange way as well like I, I kind of enjoyed it because you know when the chips are down that's when I enjoy things the most um, you know you know getting getting in the trenches and uh, and trying to help because sort of, there's quite a young group as well up there but yeah it's uh, it wasn't great, but like I said, it's it's just one of those things in football uh, that happens. Mm. It's obviously two complete polar opposites going from a promotion campaign to to sort of fighting against relegation. Was it hard being away from the team after sort of sharing that promotion and being a big part of a strong dressing room at Palace? Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, the decision was was quick, it had to, and it had to be made quick to to go to Barnes. It was kind of a phone call, uh, and a and the decision and answer was needed in an hour. So. It was something that I wasn't expecting, um, but something that happened, and I just had to get on with it. And it was different. It was a different dressing room up at Barnsley. Uh, you know, it wasn't as, as tight knit as uh, as it was at Palace, but um, it was still a good group to go and work at work at. And I tried to, you know, use the experience of uh, of how close we were going up and uh, with Palace to to good effect up there. Um, and we did we did come together. Just unfortunate, like I said, at the end of the day, we got relegated, which wasn't great. Yeah, as an, yeah, from sort of observing it, because obviously we did, you know, we keep an eye on, uh, on Palace players all the time. So I was watching a lot of what was going on at Barnsley. You came really, really close. It was just such a shame you didn't quite get there in the end. A few injuries yourself as well, they didn't really help. Yeah, that was the thing. It was, you know, it was going back to playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, and it was tough. You know, we didn't have a big squad. And 
Mm-hmm. Um, there was games where he was going into with niggles and unfortunately picked up a couple of uh, couple of sort of bad injuries, which sort of it's made a bit of a stop-start season for me, which was a bit frustrating, um, not being able to be out there and and helping the boys when the, when times were tough. Um, but you know, I still travel to all the games and we're still in the dressing room trying to to g everybody up. Um, we just unfortunately just fell a bit bit short at the end, and uh, which was disappointing. Well, obviously you're back now, which is a good thing, and uh, you've been heavily involved in the pre-season with the squad. And uh, um, first of all, how's this pre-season compared to others in your career? It's been the hardest pre-season I've ever had. Honestly, <laughs> it's just been uh, it's been relentless, but it's been enjoyable too because you know we've been we've been kind of living in each other's pockets and been obviously away to Austria first, and then the America trip. It's uh, it's been good. It's been back amongst the boys and. Um, and working hard and trying to get everybody through it because I'm not going to sit here and lie and say it's been easy because it hasn't. It's uh, the gap has really put me through our paces, but it's what preseason's all about. And uh, hopefully, you know, we'll we'll bear the fruits of it in the coming games. Well, uh, in the coming games in the season. Yeah, I, uh-huh. I, have to, I have to say, looking at the videos, I was actually knackered looking at what you were doing, let alone. <laughs> do <it>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was hard getting up at half five with the kids, but getting up at half five to run up a mountain was, isn't, even, <laughs> uh, isn't any easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You talk about how hard it was, Pete. Obviously, uh, a few observers are suggesting that you've spent, been spending a lot of time at the gym, judging by your pre season physique. So, have you uh, <laughs> consciously decided to add more strength to your game? Yeah. Um, you know, I've never been. I've never been able to put weight on or put muscle mass on or anything like that. And obviously, it's, you need to be fit and strong these days, uh, especially in the Premier League. Um, so it is something I've been trying to do over there, especially if it was hard last season being injured for so long. It was all you really had was the gym to, to keep you sane. Um, so I kind of try to put a little bit on. You know, as I'm getting older, I seem to be finding a, a bit of a more expansive waistline. So I'm trying to turn that <laughs> pattern into a bit of muscle. But uh, <laughs> It uh, seems to be working so far. <laughs> there you go. Well, Ben definitely noticed. Um, <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so you, um, you also pre-season, you grabbed yourself a, a goal against Richmond Kickers in the, in the 3-0 win. Uh, I've described it like this. You rose like a salmon at the back post to head powerfully in. Um, yeah. That sounds about right, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah 45-yard header. That's what it you know, <laughs> was. It was a beautiful. Dad when I came on the phone. <laughs> um, the first time we, we spoke to you, you did mention your little history as a striker in your youth. Did you fancy swapping with Glenn now he's been playing at centre back? Nah, nah, no chance. No <laughs> chance. I'd far rather kick people than get kicked myself, to be honest. <laughs> Fair play. <laughs> what did you make of Glenn's appearance at uh, centre half? Yeah, he'd done all right, didn't he? He was, uh, he was a wee bit nervous, to be fair, like going into the game. Uh, it was the first time, you know, well, he's, he's a miserable sort of at the best of times, <laughs> but, you know, when he got told he was centre off, his, his face was a picture. But, you know, he's, he's a professional. Uh, he's, he went out there and, um, to be fair, the boys were giving a bit of stick. Uh, but he, he was he was brilliant. Um, like I said, he's an intelligent footballer, so he, he kind of picked the role up uh sort of a water of a duck's back which is a little bit annoying to be honest because I was hoping he had a, had a bit of a stinker but uh, he was kind of probably putting a man of match performance yeah he did you know that one collision with the keeper didn't he so you could potentially pick on him for that yeah I know I know but uh, that was just just Wayne introducing him to the centre-half union so it was a little in- initiation I suppose you can say <laughs> Obviously, you uh, as we said, you watched from afar as Palace played, uh, stayed in the Premier League last season. You know, eventually rose up the table to, to finish eleventh. So, obviously, looking from down from Barnsley, what did you make of what you saw? Oh, it was brilliant, wasn't it? the turnaround? Um, obviously, it was uh, 
when the gaffer came in, he just he got a hold of things and uh, and showed it up from the back, and it was it was it was brilliant to see because the potential was there to do what they did. Um, unfortunately, it just wasn't happening at the start of the season. But then, you know, when when things clicked, uh, you know, they were like like house on fire in games. It was it was brilliant to watch and good to see that you know they're rising up the table and uh, and holding their own in a league which is probably one of the toughest in the uh, in the world. Um, and to finish 11th was just remarkable, to be honest. But a testament to to the way the manager got the boys going and the way the boys took to the manager's ideas. And like I said, they got you know they got more than what they deserved in, in finishing 11th. Well, yeah, I mean, on on that topic, we've talked a lot about the spirit getting us you know into the Premier League in the first place. But it was noticeable that that did take a knock early on and, until the change in, in manager. And now now you're back in. Is the spirit sort of togetherness changed? Is it different in any way? No, it's not because the core of that unit it's the, from that we've got up is still there. Uh, you know, obviously, Big Neely, Damo, Paddy. Um, you know, the strong characters that uh, were evident when we got when we got promoted are still there, and are still, you know, when new players come in, they've got to they've got to buy into that idea. Um, but we are a group that sticks together through thick and thin, and and that comes from the manager as well. You know, he's brought in he's brought in good characters who. You know, are good professionals, but also not only good professionals, sorry, are good men. Um, yeah. You know, who want who want to work for each other and want to sort of go out and uh, and work for and work and try and help each other through tough times, which which was happening uh, when he first came in. And like I said, when that unit sort of grew and more and more strength, the performances came on the pitch, which was which was a joy to see. Definitely, and and are those new guys settling in, settling in well, are they? Yeah, uh, they're great characters. Um, you know, big. This most of them have been sort of here uh, for a while. You know, like mm. I mean, I've just been for a coffee with Danny Gavadon and Joe and Joe Ledley, and it's you know the players that know each other as well who have come in. You know, Ledge new new Gabs and uh, and other players. So you kind of get a, they get a feel for it instantly when when they have a familiar face around. So it's um, they've been good. It's been good to, good to see that they've you know they bought like I said they bought into to what the the club's philosophy at the minute is. Good. Right. Obviously, on a personal note, what are your goals for the season ahead in terms of sort of getting yourself back in the side, or are we going to have to deal with the trauma of losing you for the season again? <laughs> Who knows? You know, I'm I'm back I'm back for as long as the gaffer wants me, and I'll I'll work I'll work my socks off to try and uh, to get that chance. Um, you know, whether I get it or not, it's up to the manager. But you know, I'll come in every day, work like I said, work my socks off, and and hopefully try to impress him enough to to first get in the 25, and then and then who knows from there. Um, it's it's what I'm about. Um, it's just want to. I just want that chance, and hopefully, I, you know, I, I could do enough to get it. Yeah, we've had a lot of support for seeing you in the red and blue again, and you know, something we'd, we'd love to see. You know, so I'm sure you're you'll do everything you can to get in there. Um, yeah. So just, yeah. just just before we let you go, but we want to talk to you about the uh, the Forest Green game yesterday. Obviously, it was a three 0 win with uh, a new signing, Fraser Campbell, getting the goals. So how was the game? Firstly, in terms of your own performance, that you played right back, didn't you? Yeah, rolling back the years. I was like a young calf we bombing up and down that line. It was uh, <laughs> never felt so tired after a game. It was uh, it was good, you know. It was just, I, I can play right back and I play left back. You know, I play centre half. I'm hoping that maybe that versatility might count uh, for me in, uh, in the manager's decision. And I enjoyed it. Uh, enjoyed playing there. It was it was good. Managed to get forward a little bit, uh, which was and set up Fraser's first goal, which was obviously nice. Um, yeah. But you know, I'll, I'll play wherever I'm told. I don't really care as long as I've got you know that red and blue shirt on. It's uh, 
I'll play wherever the manager wants me to play. And, and like I said, hopefully maybe that versatility might might help me. Okay. Obviously, it's, it's not important. Sorry, it's important not to read too much into results. But obviously, the season is now only a couple of weeks away. So, you know, are the boys ready? Is the is the mood in the camp that we can improve on last season? Definitely. You know, the signs that the the manager's made, and and hopefully, you know, you'll 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 be looking to bring a few more, and it'll, it'll help add to what we've already got. I think Fraser's a he's a quality player. Um, you know, he's been on the fringes of the international team, so it tells you what kind of uh, player he is. And you know he's a good lad as well, and getting a hat trick will do his confidence uh, uh, the world are good as well. Yesterday, so hopefully, you know the players that we've added and, and maybe the ones that might come in, I'll help uh, the ones that are already here to to kick on again. Um, we know it's going to be tough. You know, teams are probably you know a little bit unsure about what Palace were when we first came up, and now they're probably a bit more wiser uh, to us. And but you know we've got we've got the right man, I think, at the helm to to help us you know kick on and. Uh, and establish ourselves as a Premier League team. Ah, that's good to hear. Uh, and in a last-minute addition to the questions, Gerald's got one for you. Hello, Pete. Um, I'm sure the last time we spoke to you, you'd gone out to Ireland to do some coaching, or, or you yeah. coaching badges. How's all that yeah. going? Yeah, all right, actually. We, we passed our B licence, uh, the four of us that went out, me, Paddy, um, Gabs, I can't remember the other one, Neely. Um, well, we're going to try and get the, the A licence sorted. We're going to try and maybe, me and Paddy were talking about yesterday, try and maybe go up to the academy and do a few nights a week uh, if, we, if it's possible. Um, it is something I want to I want to go into when I'm finished and I want to sort of crack on this year and try and do uh, do sort of a bit a bit more with maybe the kids or, or if I go elsewhere, do somewhere else. But um, hopefully we can go next summer and get our A-licence done and, uh, and become the new Dream Act. <laughs> I think, I think you'd, you'd find a, a lot of fan base support to see you come into the academy. You really yeah, would. it's something. It's, that's, you know, looking ahead, it is something that I want to do. You know, I, 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 the manager's jobs are so unpredictable these years. You know, I think reading somewhere that it's about eight nine months is like the manager's lifespan. So mm. I don't really want to be chopping and changing job every you know that many months. It's, but I do like the idea of developing kids and bringing them through and. And seeing them going into the first team and, and progressing, uh, it's something that I, I'm keen to do when I'm finished. Um, whether it happens or not, who knows? Who knows what the future holds? But that's you know that's the dream for me for when yeah. I finish playing. Great stuff. Okay, well we won't keep you any longer. Thank you so much for no joining worries. us. Really no, appreciate it. Um, now, great. Well, well, we'll keep in touch, mate. And best of luck for the season. Definitely. Cheers, Pete. Thanks very Thank much. You. Thanks. Take it easy. Bye now. Bye. Brilliant, Peter Ramage there. Oh, well, Great chat. I hope you enjoyed that. If you missed any of it, of course, there is a podcast available for you to catch up that will be out just after the show. Um, obviously, we did talk to him briefly there about the, uh, the Forest Green game and we spoke to... Um, hmm, in fact, in fact, I was about to say we spoke to a caller earlier. We didn't. We've got a, a caller coming up on that. Um, well, I'll just sort of talk generally until that happens. I think we're actually going to have to hear the ringing, though, this time. Um, I don't think we've actually got a clip to sort of... Uh, jump to it's very awkward when this happens well, we don't want to get too professional Chris do we no we have to be fair we have been better so far. Ooh, hang on. hello hello John hello there how you doing I'm not too bad at all uh, thanks for joining us so uh, you uh, I'll just get straight into it <laughs> um, yeah the, no the worries forest- we're at the Forest Green game yesterday. We just had a, a chat with uh, Peter Ramage, obviously who, who played in that game. We we're after a bit of a uh, bit of detail from you about you know who played well and what do you think about the general game? What was the atmosphere like? How many were there? That sort of stuff. So yeah, 
No, no props. Yeah, well, I um, yeah, we had a really nice day down there. It's a lovely part of the world um, down in uh, the Cotswold. So, um, yeah, and obviously it was a bonus for all the fans that did make the trip. Um, there was about 148 Palace fans out of a crowd of about a thousand. Um, mm. So not bad because I think you know we didn't know who was going to be playing. And a lot of, we, initially it was going to be young player, youth youth players, etc. But um, to get the bonus of the the new lads coming on board to play was um, really exciting. So um, yeah. um, good for both sets of fans really. And um, Fraser Campbell just yeah to get get off to a flying start. I mean he scored on eight minutes, twelve, and then twenty nine. So it was a it was a really just. Really good display of finishing. The first one was a, from the, the Ramage cross, tucked it away nicely. Second one, he, he went through and slotted one in. And, and the last one was a header. So you know, he's quite good in the air, actually, which is a, um, a bit of a surprise to me because he doesn't come across as looking like a really uh, tall, uh, really well-built player. But he, he does, mm. he's really strong in the air. And um, I think it's really exciting for the, for the fans. It was a great start for him and a good for his confidence. I know it's only... Forest Green um, yeah. conference player, and, but you've still got to put the ball in the back of the net, and he just, he just, you know, it's going to do his confidence good from a, a starting point. So um, I think that right. was the ma- uh, major bonus there, really. Uh, ben, you sort of wanted to jump in there, quick. Yeah, I'll just uh, obviously a lot of Palace fans will want to know uh, sort of who played well. I'll just quickly, I'll, I'll read the team out for those who who, who don't know, yeah. essentially. Uh, so, obviously, uh, Lewis Price is in goal, and then we have Ramage, McCarthy, Hangeland, and uh, Jerome Williams at the back, and then Bannon, O'Keefe, Guardiola, and Thomas, and then uh, Dobby and Campbell further forward. So, it's, it's a reasonably, you know, strong side. Obviously, it's, it's you know, all credit to Palace that we've been able to take two first-team squads, essentially, to, to Brentford and Forest Green. So, at the game you were at, who stood out? Um, well, obviously Fraser Campbell definitely first and foremost. But um, for me, you know, Hangerland looked really solid at the back. I, mean, I don't think anyone won a header against him, and um, so that's a you know looked solid. So whoever he's going to play alongside, um, or whether he's on the bench coming off, I don't know. But um, he's he looks like he's fairly match fit already. I probably just wanted to give him a ninety minutes um, to help him along. Yeah. Uh, but he he looks really really solid and organising people and um, yeah I think that really helped the rest of the defence so we we were pretty pretty solid Forest Green didn't put us under too much and had initial bit of play but the uh, rest of it we 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 took control um, but yeah I think I had a, a friend who came along with me and he was a, a Man United fan and I wanted to get his point of view as sort of say well who who looked good for you and he actually said Barry Bannon. Um, Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
good quality on the ball with his deliveries and he was getting around the pitch. But I thought Stuart O'Keefe, he's, he's just coming on mm-hmm. leaps and bounds for me. He doesn't seem to put too many, uh, to put a foot wrong. In it. So those two in the middle did look good. Um, I was a bit disappointed with um, Ad- Adeline Guardiara, is it? I uh, yep, never yep. pronounce his name, but um, a <laughs> little bit disappointed with him. But he was playing on a right midfield. I'm not really sure that's, that's his, oh. his position. Um, and then Jerome Thomas was left. Um, OK, uh, I know Patrick wanted to jump in very quick. How did Thomas get on? Yeah, he was in and out of the game. Um, he, he had a bit of a disappointing start, and he looked like he'd got a bit of a knock early on. So I think he, once he'd run that off, he um, he got into the game and uh, he looked 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 dangerous. But um, yeah, and I think a bit of a disappointment was Dobby for me. He didn't really didn't get involved a lot. Um, he was playing sort of up front with Campbell, but. Um, yeah, I think for me, that my sort of impression was that this game was either for the players getting fitness to help them out over 90 minutes, or it was players that maybe were in the shop window, they wanted to give them a game, because um, they didn't make many subs at all, um, which surprised me as well, because they took a lot of the young, the sort of, you, you know, promising youngsters, but we didn't get to see many of them. Yeah, we had the uh, same same up at, uh, at Brentford, I think it genuinely was just a case of trying to get them their first 90 minutes, I think, but... um. Yeah. Okay. Um, Patrick, you had a question. Yeah, John. John, very quickly, you touched on a few of the players I was wondering about, but um, I got to see Jerome Williams play over here in America, and um, I know we don't have a left back right now. What do you think about his chances of maybe breaking through? May not, maybe not as a starter this year, but as a backup left back. Yeah, I mean, he looked promising, and he's got an engine on him. He certainly was getting up and down the left side, and um, he's he's very big and strong. I mean, for a left back, he almost looks. He almost looks like he's got the build of a, a centre back for me, right. but um, he he looks promising. I mean, I'm not quite sure how old he is, um, but I'm a, he's he's still quite 19. young, isn't he? Still, yeah, he's still well, very young. And so, um, I I don't know if I could compare him to Johnny Parr and Dean Moxie. I, I, you know, however, whatever the fans might think of those days, some really liked them, some didn't. But right. I don't quite at that level yet, even their level. So I would be be surprised if he's going to be in contention for starting games but I'd like to think that he'll get you know some of the cup games perhaps right, um, exactly. that, that would be really good to give him that experience he, he, I think he will have a big future but um, it's, to, to go in the Premier League sort of games this season I think that's probably from, from my impression I think it might be a little bit too soon for him but um, we'll see you know it's down to him if he gets a chance to take it so he's certainly of the the mould where Poulis like to play sometimes a lot four tall, really tall players along the back, right. almost like centre backs, and so yeah. that could maybe why he's he's coming to play some of the games because of his his size and his aerial ability because he's um yeah he's very strong so um yeah he's, he's pretty decent on the ground as well getting the you know making doing one twos and getting up the line well so um mm. yeah, he got forward one time as well he nearly scored actually so um. There's definitely there's signs, but I just he's obviously got he's a young lad, so yeah. he's going to need more right. games at a, I, a higher level, really. I'd agree, I'd agree with that entirely. It's a really good assessment, John. I think I think the only thing that's perhaps missing from him in in a way, and you can see it sometimes when he does get forward, is he's because he's you know so it's been such a quick sort of rise for him, really, that mm. he doesn't quite yet. You can see he doesn't quite yet realise that he could belong in that company, if you know what I mean. 
you know, yeah, he'll, yeah, he'll, get, exactly. he'll get forward, he'll get in a great position, but he'll just be a little hesitant. And you can see that sometimes when a young player breaks through until they realise that actually, yeah, they are in that, they are playing, they are playing as Palace's left back, you know, until yeah, they actually yeah. get that in their heads and that they belong, that they don't quite make the most of the opportunities they get. But he's a very, very promising player, as is uh, Jake Gray on the other wing. I mean, he's a guy who's picked up, he was on, I think he was on the bench for the uh, Brentford, I think. Unfortunately, he didn't yeah. play. Um, didn't play in I've game ninety minutes yesterday. But you know, he's got goals on the tour and things like that. We've got we've got some very good young players coming through. Um, okay, last yeah, little last few, little, last few bits and pieces, and then we'll let you go. Really, you, you mentioned Bannon, and um, got any opinions on whether do you think Bannon will actually be involved? You know, he's been more involved pre-season than I thought he would be. So, is there a sort of a ray of light there for him? Um, is difficult to say really I mean I I personally don't think that he's a Poolish sort of player and I, I think although he's a decent player I think um, I, I don't think he's going to get the games I think he's going to be itching to he looked like he was getting you know he's the sort of player who gets frustrated on the pitch a bit so he wants to have the ball all the time and um, he has got quality in and deliveries and things like that so I mean he, he, he was the one who put the Ball in for Shamak in the West Ham game, if you remember, um, yeah, uh, last season, and so he's got that in his locker. But I just don't think I, I, I think there may have been some scouts at the game yesterday looking over a few of those sort of players like Jerome Thomas and Bannon and um, Guardiola and Dobby. I think those four and possibly Ramage. I, I don't know what whether they're in the plans and McCarthy, but um. It would suggest if they weren't on the bench, or it's difficult to say whether they were just in the window or whether they were going to get just just there for the ninety minutes. Um, some of them a bit of both, but um, I'd be a bit surprised if Bannon's around next season. But uh, I, I wouldn't be disappointed if he, he's still around because I do think he's a, he's a good player. All right, brilliant. Cheers, John. You've uh, put us all to shame. <laughs> Great effort. <laughs> and um, yeah, really appreciate you being on and uh, giving us no, some insight. No worries. Thanks for having us on, lads. Uh, anytime. Thanks, Cheers. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Cheers. Thank Bye. you. Cheers, John. Thank you. Bye. Um, yeah, just to sort of end, end that uh, that convers- the conversation there, really, about Forest Green and move on to Brentford. Um, the, the last little question, Patrick, you actually sort of asked sort of pre-show was um, where, where was Dwight Gale? And that's an interesting question. I've not seen, I've not looked anywhere on I've not seen anywhere online anyone giving any firm information if anyone in the uh, the Twitter sphere knows do uh, tweet at HOL radio and let us know what the actual reason was but um, I did note that, that Tony Pudis said after the Brentford game that Johnny Williams was the only real injury issue so you know what what did happen and he's gone right well that was good Chris uh Obviously, just decided he's had enough, and he's uh, he's up and left, which is obviously helpful for for the show. So I'll uh, I'll, ta- I'll take over for the time being while he resets his internet. It's actually funny because uh, we talk a lot before the show, and um, Chris always goes on about how brilliant his internet is. Um, so there we go. That's 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 great. I think he is back, but we're we're going to move on now to to talk yeah, more about Brentford. Ignore him. Just don't, ignore. Him. Don't mention it. Don't mention that my internet cut out. Oh no, we didn't make. No, we didn't. Oh, we didn't, we didn't mention it. Don't no, make no. reference to it. No right? talk. Do you want me to, I'll tell you my upload and download speeds again if you like. All right. That's actually going to be really funny on the podcast and for people listening because I just mentioned about how you always went on about your download speeds. They're really good. <laughs> I'm going to have to get a wired connection. This this is rubbish. This isn't anything to do with football. Let's move Let's on. Let's talk about Brentford. Right. 
Um, well, before we do, I've uh, got a couple of clips. We've got, um, if we start with uh, Tony, no, we start with uh, the clip from us. It was me, Jell, and, um, and Ben, that's him. It's me, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, what I wanted to do was I wanted to capture the moment after the game, how we all felt, because we we're all really good about giving our reasoned and logical opinions, but this is how we really felt after the game. Right, so we're here in a car, just come back from the Brentford game. Uh, it's me, Ben, Chris, and Jell. Um, just want to get the few thoughts after the game. We've obviously just lost a uh, 3-2 disappointing result against Brentford in pre-season. Um, so, Chris, if I just ask you first, what, what are your thoughts on the game? Well, Ben, you see, I'm not that disappointed. You call it disappointing. But to be honest with you, the most important thing was the lads got 90 minutes. And, you know, it's all about fitness at this stage of the season. And, of course, you know, getting game time. And the result becomes second uh, to, to any kind of uh, physical benefit from the run-out. And I think the lads had a good run-out today. Brentford put a strong side out, did really, really well. It was brilliant. Are you on speed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, in conclusion, um, you guide? Yeah, I'm really quite annoyed how we played, <laughs> to be honest. Like, um, I don't know why, we, we were a really long ball. Really, really long ball for most of the game. And I realised we played two big strikers up in Shemak and Murray, but... You know, they didn't even get anything decent in terms of service the whole game. We had that little brief burst of goals. But, you know, if, you, if you're honest about it, Brentford's goals were better than ours. And they played better than us. And that shouldn't really happen at this stage of pre-season. Like, the, I do genuinely believe the result isn't important, but the performance is. And the performance was poor. OK, and Joe, you did lots of shouting. What are your thoughts? <laughs> Uninspired hoofball. Um, as Chris just said, you know, we had, we had two strikers up front, but... With the players that were the wide players or the players for the run on for the flick ons were too far away from from the actual you know from the flick ons, so the, we just spent far too much time just hitting huge diagonal balls to nobody really. Um, and as much as I don't really want to say anything about Hennessy, he didn't do anything wrong really. But apart from he didn't distribute once in that whole forty-five minutes with his hands, mm. he just kicked along every time. Very uninspiring. Yeah, what are your own thoughts there, Ben? Um, just echo, just echo, <laughs> echo that, really. <laughs> said it all. Now, well, this was going to be a bit of a funny feature, wasn't it? And it's turned into a very serious dissection of the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I just wanted to get across the, um, the whole standard excuse sort of trot out of, you know, not taking pre-season too seriously, but... You know, the more I thought about it, Ben, the more upset I was. <laughs> well, you have to say that was pretty much a, a full-strength, or nearly full-strength 11 that we played there. And they talked about splitting the first team, you know, between the two fixtures, but I'd say pretty much what, what a Palace fan's first team would be was, was here today at Brentford. And yeah, yeah, which, which game did the manager go to? It was the Brentford game, wasn't it? Exactly. So yeah. that, that shows you everything you need to know about what he thinks in terms of the players he was putting where. I'll tell you what I didn't hear. I didn't hear Pudis shouting today. No. Usually you hear him. Over the crowd, and I didn't hear it. And he's very quiet. He had, and he's, you know, he was almost folded, quite, quite disconsolate at the way we were playing, really. But there was no, there was a reaction in the second half, but only to the fact we went down. Anyway, this was a little taster of how we felt just after the game, which we'll use to kick off our, our review process uh, in the show that you're probably now listening to. Isn't that weird? Anyway, I'm going to press stop on this, but because my phone's gone on lock, I can't stop immediately. There we go. I'll stop now. <laughs> Uh, well, there you go, guys. That was our opinion directly after the game. Uh, just so, just a quick shout to to you all. If you're waiting for the um, Arsenal ticket giveaway, the that will be coming up very, very shortly. Uh, very, very shortly. Very, very, very shortly. Um, <clears throat> but first of all, let's, let's um, well, um, it's hard to really sort of disagree with myself, but I kind of do really. <laughs> it do, it works quite well because it does 
it does illustrate that um, you know that we are we were genuinely quite annoyed about the fact that we went there. Obviously, Jell is still angry today, um, so I think he's probably where I'm going to start. Um, anything that you said there that you would uh, revise, or would you want to add to? I'm not angry, Chris. I, I, I'm just. I'm just disappointed. Which, it's like what your mum says, isn't it? I, 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 I'm not angry with you, Chris. I'm just disappointed in you. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we got two weeks to the season starts, and you'd think we'd be trying to resemble something, uh, like sort of resemble the football that we would like to be playing in two weeks' time. When in fact, what we did, we got completely outplayed by a Championship side. Mm. Which, which, which. I, to be honest with you, I, I mean, I. I know they had a couple of decent players from last year. They've signed someone who scored 30 goals. And, and I knew their wingers would be a little bit, you know, a bit nippy. But, I mean, to, to be overrun in the centre midfield, that, that didn't happen to us virtually the whole of last season. No. All right, Joe. Joe, I'm going to say something just on Twitter. Jet lag. Oh, no, please don't. No, should, seriously. They, 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 they've that. worked hard. You've got to give, it, give them a bit of a break because they, they played on Monday over here and then they're playing on Saturday there. You've got to give them a little break. For, there's a lot of flying across the Atlantic. It's a lot of flying. So maybe, me, I, should, maybe I should have thought about that before I've done 100 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there you go. Yeah, you mate, know, mate, mate, you're, only spending the mon- you're only spending the money you won betting on Germany anyway. Um, look, so, I, I appreciate what you're saying. And I, look, you know, I, I can't argue because I was, I was also gutted with the way we performed. But yes, there are obviously circumstances. I mean, Tony Pulis again makes, makes a good point for that, which we'll come to in a moment. Uh, very, very quickly, I do want to say that um, just a quick rundown of the lineup in case anyone's forgotten what it was. It was a strong team. It was the team that Tony Pulis put out to, to win the game. Uh, and the match that he went and watched, as I mentioned during that clip. So um, it was Wayne Hennessy who started in goal, so that's a talking point in a bit. Um, you had uh, Mariapa at right back, Ward at left back, with Dan and Delaney at centre back partnership, so defence from last year basically. Blassi on one wing, punching on the other. Jednak and Ledley, as you'd expect now, KG's gone. Um, and But the, the sort of the surprise in a way for me was that, that you had Shamak and Murray starting, where usually they. Um, it's one or the other with a sort of smaller, nippier striker, or um, yeah, or you know, a more creative player in behind and putting Shamak up top. You don't usually see those two operate together, which I think gave the defence perhaps the option of always playing that long ball, which they did. Uh, on the bench was Spironi, who did come on, and uh, obviously Gray, Boateng, uh, Ryan Innes, which was good to see him. Uh, recovering, still recovering from injury from last year, could see him starting to uh, to feature it. You know. Could be a big season for him. And uh, Saleh Kaikai as well was also on the bench. Um, I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll have a quick listen to, to Tony Pulis's, uh comments after the game uh, and then we'll take it, take it on from there. Cool. Yeah, I thought it was a great workout for us. I think um, you know we needed, obviously, we've just come off the plane 24 hours or 48 hours ago. So we needed a good run out and we knew this would be a good run out today for us. And I thought that um, you know, Brentford played really well again got stretched, which was again good for us, because it started, it was end to end. I thought our lads were uh, socks off, you know, they, they, you know, quite a few of them were, were tired, um, but it was a good game for them, really good game for them. Good afternoon for your goals, are your forwards not just here but at Forest Green as well? Yeah, you know, we didn't want Frazier or, or Breger to play here today because they played no football, so and we thought this would be the, the tough game out of the two. So by going up there and playing at Forest Green and giving them, uh, and you know, Fraser scoring that trick obviously helps. What other business have you got lined up? Um, yeah, I've got loads of business. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> 
What's the injury situation? Johnny Williams is his. He's got uh, thigh strain. He's the only one that we're struggling with at the moment. Um, but that should be okay. We're hoping in the next couple of days that'll be fine. How, how far away are you having from the team and the squad you're happy with going into? Well, we'll you know, like I say, we'll see over the next few weeks. We've got uh, you know, a month. You know, The uh, window doesn't close until the end of the month, not when the season starts, just don't make your time. One thing for sure, I won't be signing 14 players like we did last year on the, the last day of the season, or the last day of the window. What are you aiming for the uh, coming season? Stay in the Premiership. Just that? Yeah, it'd be brilliant. Just that? You're not looking for that? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Thanks ever so much. Yeah, of course I'll go. So there you go. That was that was uh, Tony Pulis's views after the game. So countering what we said, uh, making it pretty clear that he felt it was a good test, and you know Brentford did us did a good job in providing a stern test for us. Knew it would be the harder game of the two, so that's why he, he sent the new signings over to Forest Green. Which I suppose, if, if you think about it, makes a lot of sense. Getting the new guys out, playing the slightly easier game, and um, you know maybe if we'd had Fraser Campbell putting some chances away, maybe we'd have beaten Brentford. But they, you know. Played well. That's that's the truth of it. They really did. And um, well, I mean, the goals, the, the goals from Brentford were all very, very good finishes, weren't they, Ben? Um, just sort of drilled into the corner from. I mean, the third goal, especially, we described it as a wonder goal. Having seen it again back on Sky Sports, it was still good, but it wasn't quite as good as it looked. Um, but I mean, you're disappointed with the defending, maybe for those. Yeah, obviously, I don't want to break preseason performances too much, but. Um, I, we were obviously doing our pre-show notes earlier. I described Delaney's defending as Sunday League because, it, I mean, it's, it was just ridiculous. It was bad, really, really bad. Um, if you watch it back, there, there's some Sky Sports highlights flitting about on Twitter, and um, sort of Delaney just commits too early. And I mean, I, obviously, I'm not one to to tell him how to defend because he's he's a much better defender than I am. But yeah, it was disappointing looking at looking at that because he's improved so much, and you don't expect that um, from a player of his calibre but of course you know it is pre-season and I'd rather he got those mistakes out of the way um, you know now than, than in a couple of weeks when we when we go to Arsenal Do you think we're looking a little bit more porous at the back than, than we should be? Uh, yeah it, but I mean it, again it's pre-season isn't it so you can't be, be too sort of disappointed with that and, and potentially you've got Hangeland coming in there um, but yeah we've, we've obviously conceded a few goals and it's disappointing we didn't expect to go to Brentford and and concede three goals, but as you say, they were they were good goals. And as disappointing as it is, you got to say, uh, <laughs> you know, to quote Tony Pulis and every other manager in a, in a pre-season match, it's about you know giving the team you know ninety minutes, trying to you know blood them into a new season and, and get them up to the standard that you want when when we kick off against Arsenal. Well, uh, Patrick, I know we were talking sort of pre-show about you've been a little concerned about the way we're defending crosses and things like that. And I've noticed the set pieces, we, we only conceded one under Tony Pulis all last season. And that was against Liverpool in that, that second to last game. Um, but we've looked really shaky, I think, pre-season. Um, has it been bothering you? A little bit. I mean, like, I, if you remember the Columbus game, we gave up a, a goal uh, on a cross. I think Dan got beat on that goal. And then a little bit later on against Richmond, we were a couple of crosses that I was worried, a little worried about. But, I mean, I'm not going to put too much into preseason. No, no, no. Uh, obviously, but and I, I really want to see what we do with the, in the window with getting a left back because obviously that's going to be a, a big, big important key to us. Where we get a left back, I think that 
you know, we're fine at right back with Ward. And I think, honestly, I think Delaney and Dan will be good. But you know what? Now we've got Hanglin there to kind of push Damo. That's not going to be a bad thing. So I'm not that concerned about the defending in preseason. I'd be much more worried about it against Arsenal because they are a good team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that another, po- another point to sort of even argue my own uh, point that I was making about set pieces and things like that. Obviously, for a game like, for example, the Arsenal game, We'll have prepared properly. Exactly. There'll be there'll be people will have their roles described to them, who they're marking, which players likely to do what. You know, obviously, when for a preseason, you're not going to go right. into you're not doing that, that exactly. sort of amount of detail, are you? So, yeah. yeah. So even we're really we're just upset about nothing really. But um, all right, last few things. It was actually a really good atmosphere at Brentford. It was a one we sort of split the half between. Uh, we were right in the middle of it in the first half, uh, but didn't see a tremendous amount of football. Uh, and move to the side in the second half so we could actually see the game and sort of describe it during this show. So, um, But it was quite intense, um, really loud. Obviously, much there seemed to be more of us than there were Brentford fans for, for a fair while in there. Um, it was, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was nice. It was nice to get out and support the team again. You know, obviously, you know, it was quite damaging to my voice. <laughs> within, so out of practice, within 20 minutes, I couldn't really speak. But really enjoyed it. Really, really good you know, experience to get back and start watching Palace again. One of the things that's been talked about that was as a negative, and I'm, you know, we'll, we'll probably have quite differing views on this, I think, was the use of smoke bombs. Um, Joe, you've probably start with you. You've got a view on that. Well, yeah, someone with breathing difficulties. I, I do have a view on it. This, this is no... <sighs> There's a big thing going on right, right. This as we talk now on Twitter, where some of these kids are just like, and I, you know, it sounds horrible, and I've I've really tried it, but they're like, "Fuck you, I don't care." That's exactly basically. They in fact they use the c word against us for for complaining about it. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous. It, I don't think. I mean, that's the first time I've been stuck in the middle of it, and and it wasn't very nice. You know, it, it it wasn't very nice. And the other thing, until one of these kids, or because it obviously is kids, gets burnt by one, if you can get burnt by, one, I don't can, know. You can't. You can't burn. You can't get yeah. burnt. So they're not phosphorus. No, no, they're just no. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't say necessarily defend, but my my only problem with it, anything like that, is if you've got to be considerate of other people, right? Okay, well, so goalkeeper couldn't breathe properly, could he? Yeah. So. I mean, it's. I don't really think it is the right place to be doing something like that. But I mean, at the same time, if you're going to let something like that off, it, it's to be honest, to 95 percent of the population, it's not harmful. You know, I didn't. You know, I breathed a huge lungful in it, and I was coughing my guts off. But you know, I, I you know, I can, I'm happy. I'm happy to deal with that. It adds a bit of colour, adds a bit of atmosphere. But I, at the same time, I wouldn't want to be the person letting it off if if it did affect someone negatively and it did hurt or you know cause someone a problem so it's, I, I find myself in a bit of a weird situation in that i i really i support the i support the fact that it's it adds atmosphere i support the fact that it adds color and it's you know it can be intimidating if used in the right circumstances but i'll be much happier seeing something like that let off in the middle of an h the hf section where they all know what they you know what they're what to expect you know what i mean that it's all it doesn't affect anyone else negatively an away game it's like you just don't know who's going to be next to you. You don't know who's going to be in that group or what's going to happen when you let that thing off. And I know there were problems up at Liverpool, and that was a shame because it looked great. It was really nice. It added to the atmosphere, and it was brilliant. But you know, some then you hear about someone being taken to hospital or someone who's you know already got a pre-existing 
breathing problem, and you don't want to, you don't want to send a, a palace fan, a fellow palace fan to hospital, do you? Surely, oh, I don't know. I, I've yeah, I've got very mixed feelings about it, and I think people rather than say, oh, you know, against modern football, and that kind of rubbish. I think maybe just consider that people aren't arguing for the sake of it. Maybe they do genuinely have you know a sensible logical issue that they that they can't stand in the middle of thick acrid smoke i don't know i don't know i don't know what the real answer is because I, I like to see you know i like to see that the atmosphere enhanced by something like that but i don't know ben what do you think i personally don't have too much of a problem with it i can see sort of both points of view i'm, I'm quite neutral when it comes to this because i you know i don't mind them but i can see that you know if you've got breathing difficulties and i know a few people that had to you know leave the stand because of it and i I appreciate, you know, from their point of view that they're just there to watch the football and they don't want to get involved. And I agree with you, actually, Chris, about, you say, you know, say Homestyle Fanatics are all in that one area. They all know what to expect, you know, and if you're there and you and you expect that, then it's fine, you know, let off as many smoke bombs as you like. And if you look at uh, foreign football, you know, I'm talking specifically sort of Italy, places like that, it's just a normal thing. And it's just typically British, I think, to, to have created such a storm about this because... Mm. I don't think it's, it's as big a deal as some people are making out. As I say, I do agree, um, you know, with, with some people that, that struggle with it. But I don't think I, I do think it's been blown completely out of proportion. To be honest, yeah, we've got we've got a difficult set of fan base, though. Of course, I, I, I think it's been well well observed that there's a section, quite a large percentage of our fan base is, you know, an, an aging group, um, and we've got a load of new sort of young lads and sometimes it, it's not so much at Sellers. I don't think there's ever really an issue at Sellers because everyone's knows what goes on in their their bit you know but my problem is always going to be I, I don't see how you can do something like that in an away game and know and know that you're not going to affect someone and, and I just think that I, I kind of think that there needs to be a compromise from both sides I think we were in a terrace yesterday right so you can go where you want. If you're in a terrace and you're standing with a huge group of young lads who are all waving these smoke bombs about, probably move if you've got breathing difficulties, if you can see it. Yeah, I agree. It. Well, so there's that, that. No, 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 absolutely. Absolutely, Joe. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that that's an option, as much as it's an option of these people, the people who are letting them off, to you know maybe look around or have a word with a couple of people and say, look, you know, guys, we're going to let this thing off in a minute, not just let it off and then chuck it at a bunch of people, which does tend to happen. So there, to me, there's things on both sides that people can do. But it's not something I, I, I kind of know what you mean, Ben. It's not something I want to be talking about or making a big deal out of. I just think it needs... I just wish there was a bit more consideration for a lot, for a lot of things between fans. But there you go. I mean, that, that's all I've got to say. Patrick, you got a view? Uh, just real basically, I, I don't have a problem with it necessarily, but I'm a little old school like Jill. I mean, I think if they're going to do it, they could probably do it somewhere. It doesn't affect as many people. Mm. I'm from the time when you did just throw streamers onto the pitch, and that was colourful enough. So I'm not mm. sure where the spoken stuff comes from. As, as uh, Ben said, it's probably a European thing we're trying to bring to England. But again, I could probably do with it or do without it. I mean, I just worried about people who, who don't like it. They should have, be respected also. Yeah, I, th- I think what, what everyone falls back on normally is the fact that statistically it's an incredibly safe thing. It might not smell very nice, you know, but it genuinely is a it's a safe substance to use. But you know, like I said, there is a five percent sort of rough guideline. There's a five percent of the population that might genuinely have difficulties with it, and it only takes one person to have some serious difficulties. And you think on a packed terrace like that, you might not see them. They might go down. You might not see them. Exactly. exactly. Who knows what happens? So I just think people. 
it's like getting angry when people are questioning it. I think the lads, sort of lads that use these things, just need to consider, like, just for a second, like, maybe people aren't just being, you know, thermos, thermos waving, fourth real drinking Nigels. Maybe that there is a little point in there that they need to consider. That's all I'm going to say. Um, last little bit on the Brentford game. I thought Balassi was the best of the bunch for us. Um, wasn't great early on, but I don't think anyone was. But he was the one who, when he got the ball and got running, really did create the danger. Um, other than that, you know, we were we, we responded very well to the to the, the goal situation. Um, obviously, going two 0 down for that sort of little spell where we really got the bit between our teeth and went for the middle of like we could probably score in every attack for. And only for about five or ten minutes, then we dropped back down again. So, I don't know. In, I, I found it an interesting game, but ultimately a, a frustrating one. Um, I don't think I'm going to talk anymore. I was going to talk about Hennessy for a while, but I think we'll leave that. We've been on on the air a fair while. Um, so, uh, I did notice a question came in, and this sort of um, from Anna, who's listening in, and I, I also fits in with what I was going to talk about in terms of the fullback positions. Um, we mentioned earlier on, obviously, that. I think I think uh, John the corner mentioned that four four tall players across the defence is something that Tony Pulis likes. Um, but I'm a bit concerned about our fullbacks in that I still say that Joel Ward is out of position as a left back in my view, and Mariapa is naturally a centre back. Uh, we've released two left backs, and still there's been no action in those areas. So I I am concerned about that in my view. That is an area that needs immediate attention. And it's one of the strangest things. Mm. We don't have a natural left back, and we've got rid of, and we go, go two away. I, I, I don't get that. But you know what? Um, as, um, people have been saying that. I mean, going back to Anna's question, maybe we're yeah. gonna, maybe he's going to a three-five-two. It seems to be that's the way teams are going now. Joe's mentioned it a million times in the past, and now we've got three big centre backs. Maybe he's gonna. I mean, I don't think he'll do it against Arsenal, but maybe that's the way if we're gonna go with three big centre backs in the back and play with wing backs. You yeah. never know. Yeah, Joe knows. Joe knows, Joe knows. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag. I, I properly hate that hashtag. <laughs> Will, what I need a Will Block. Yeah, hashtag Joe knows. Um, there's a lot of feedback on, on Twitter from that. I really do wish we could get into it because um, we would be on air for about another eight hours and I don't really want to do that. Um, but some great feedback coming in on the... Um, issues we've been discussing, particularly on the smoke bombs. It's an emotive subject for some, but I think most people seem to be taking a fairly logical approach to it, and I think that's the way forward, just be a bit logical about it, and I think you can, I think with anything, you go go all the issues we have at home, you know, away games and things like that, people with seating and stuff like that. I think, generally speaking, if people communicate on the day, kind of you can work it out yourselves, really, you know. Do, do smoke bombs get us a fine? I think they do, don't they? Uh, I think well, I don't know. It's an FA, it's an FA, yeah, 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 pyros yeah, 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 pyro, yeah, and whatever. So, so of course, even though it's a friendly, it's a, a, a FA a, a sanctioned friendly. So we got another fine. Mm. You know, I mean, that's the thing. It's fine to do it. Yeah, some people like it, some people <coughs> don't. But ultimately, it's going to cost club money. Since we've gone back to him, Ben's crying. Sure. He's got <laughs> he's got some tweets on it. So come on, come Ben. On, let's, ben. Just, let's just sign well, up with some tweets. Go on. I just think it's a, it's a vital part of the show to make sure that we get our listeners' points of view across as well. I totally agree. <laughs> right. Gavin says, uh, yes, they undoubtedly improve the atmosphere and pump everyone up. Um, Chris D'Souza takes the opposite view and he says, embarrassing, it was a friendly. Doug Tibbetts yep. also didn't like it. He said that the HF are great at vocals, etc., and they don't need smoke. Uh, Claude says, well, yes. It wasn't the HF, by the way, let the smoke bomb off. They weren't there, but I just thought, jump in with that. Claude well, the says, drum, no, Trump was here. 
No, it, it wasn't the HF there, so anyway. Claude says, no problem with it. It ups the atmosphere. Aiden says, not at away matches unless you know the people around you. Ryan Taylor comes in with a point. He says, question is, do you agree on your own fans grassing each other up for it? Embarrassing. Um, Ebo says, it hinders it. In the Prem, Shamak's goal would have been disallowed. Our fans will get banned and points deducted if it carries on. Uh, and Anthony Stewart's finish says, yes, no pyro, no party. <laughs> yeah, like, it's a good phrase um, and yeah it, I say it definitely has the atmosphere but there's, there's all you can see that it's, you can't necessarily resolve every every situation it's a, there's a difference of opinion either end you're never going to get full agreement I just think the people who want to do it just need to concentrate on managing it a bit better and the people who don't like it if they can without causing a problem there's no need to go grassing on people or anything like that just get away from it if you can. If you can't, and someone inconveniences you, do do what you got to do. But I, you know, but I, it's not for us to say anyway. But it's, it's hard, isn't it? It's very hard. Like I can I can understand what people people's views on both sides. But I imagine it's something that will be talked about for years and years and years. Um, anyway, uh, we were talking very quickly about those fullback positions, and Joe was talking about the. Uh, uh, Anna's question about using three at the back. I did want to give a very quick view on that myself. Um, I don't. I am um, more like. I'm thinking it's more likely than I did used to think. Here, I thought three three at the back was something from the past when we first like talking about it a couple of years back now on this show. Um, I just never thought we'd see it again. I thought the whole wing backs thing just was going to disappear from the game. But um, Pulis talked about looking at systems at the World Cup, and you saw a few teams using it at the World Cup. And I still don't think it'll ever be something that we'll use. Start a game with, but I think it's something that we might well use uh, in in the near future. Anyway, look, let's just, let's just end that there. I think we're gonna have to go competition time uh, because, well, well, we'll finish with a bit of a transfer discussion. But I want to jump ahead and do competition time now. So six people have made it to the final. Uh, there is still a chance for anyone who didn't make it to the final to win it, um, which we'll let you know about later. Uh, we'll give. One of the six people, any one of them, a minute from when the music starts to phone in. If none of them call, it does become a free-for-all for any of you who've entered. So I'll have to check the Twitter IDs when it comes in. Uh, so I will confirm on air with any caller what their Twitter username is. Um, if it's not one of the six finalists, I will have to check it. Uh, but if it is, then they will win the ticket. So let's start. The, oh, sorry, the number is 0208 1234 Zero nine eight. So when the klaxon sounds, you get a minute. Yes. Oh, Benny Hill, perfect. Yes. Oh, perfect. We have to listen to this for a minute. I missed this. So if you're if you're one of the six, you would have been notified. It's o two o eight one two three four zero nine eight. Hello. Hello, who's that? Uh, it's uh, James. James, which James? What's your Twitter ID's name, mate? Uh, James Jones 78. Well, congratulations, you've won. Winner. There we go, we have a winner. Should play Glad All Over or something, we never get this ready, but you are the winner of the, uh, the Arsenal ticket. Um, we will DM you for full details later on. Congratulations, just tell us a little bit about how you're feeling right now. Uh, quite tired now, actually. Because <laughs> uh, it's one of those games I normally go with my best mate, and he's an Arsenal fan uh, when Palace play Arsenal, and I just couldn't get tickets to this one. So, uh, yeah, no, fantastic. Really pleased with it. 
Brilliant stuff. Well, congratulations, mate. We'll be in touch to get your address details and that will wing its way to you soon. Congratulations. Lovely. Thank you ever so much. Thank I really appreciate that. Thank you. Bye. Nice one. There you go. Well done to James for winning that. There'll be chances to win tickets and probably other things throughout the course of this season. Uh, hmm, that went much better than I'd anticipated. <laughs> nice winner as well. <laughs> nice winner as well, yeah. We'll, um, okay, we'll give you the results of the poll very, very shortly, but I'm just going to quickly nip back and talk about transfers uh, very, very quickly. Well, obviously, we signed Hangland this week. Um, some feedback off Twitter. We got Tom FFC, who's a Fulham fan. He said the Fulham fans were not too disappointed they lost him as they have lost confidence in him, that he's beaten to headers too often and has lost pace. Um, quite often you see um, teams slag off players that they lose, so it's hard to take that into too much consideration, but there wasn't a huge amount of excitement. Uh, Angus Mainland said that uh, he thought maybe um, Tony Pulis would play Damien Delaney at left back. It's somewhere he has played, but when he did play there, he did nearly quit football, so maybe that's not a great idea. Uh, Anthony Stewart said that the jury's out on the signing. Um, Liz Jill said he looks like a blonde Andy Linnigan, which I enjoyed. Um, Alan, Alan Russell said it's a good signing, and uh, Nav said that it's an immediate upgrade on all three centre-backs that played last season, so... Uh, Big praise there from Nav. Uh, very, very quickly, just you, Ben. Uh, what do you think about Hangland? Um, I wasn't particularly happy when we signed him because I thought it lacked a bit of ambition signing a 33-year-old centre-back. But um, now that I've had a few days to, to sort of think about it, and I do actually quite like him, and I think that he'll add something to the squad because um, it's competition for that uh, centre-back position. Mm, you you got to imagine it will be Delaney that's going to... Um, have the, the immediate fight on his hands but yeah, definitely. It, but obviously you've got guys like Paddy and Ramage who have been hanging around as well there's a lot of talk on um, on sort of Twitter and on the message boards that you know those guys won't you know won't really be in, in contention but hashtag Rambo in I think yeah hashtag Rambo in exactly yeah. I won't, you know yeah. so you just got to um, I mean everyone's got a chance there and uh, but I think it's important to improve the squad and you imagine two years ago that would have been a signing that was so far beyond us it's untrue so mm, yeah. we've, we've moved far and I think there should be a lot more positivity about that really um, okay so the other thing that ha- thing that happened just after that there was strong rumors that we were in negotiations with Emmanuel Pogatetz, Um obviously not signed yet but uh, uh, Mark Cole said it was absolutely not necessary Aidan Tullock said we'd not be happy with him Ben Wilson said someone has to play left back and in response David uh, Mr Rebel is also asked, said that he'd rather Tony Pulis selected him to play left back than buy Manu <laughs> Um okay uh, well uh, Joe probably won't Joe do you remember Emmanuel Pogatetz from Middlesbrough uh... so Patrick what do you think of <laughs> yeah um, honestly I wouldn't. I wouldn't sign him. I remember him at Middlesbrough. I remember him last last year at West Ham. He's uh, right now. He's thirty one years old. Um, he is big. He's six foot three. But I, I don't think that would be a good signing for us. I don't have a problem with the Hangland. Hangland makes a lot more sense. He's a lot bigger, more experienced. We need another centre back. But we can do much better than getting Pogates at left back. We really can. I think we will get somebody better than him. I think that's just a uh, a silly rumor. But I would not be happy to see him come in and play left back for us at all. Okay. Um, by the way, he's, just, from, he's from Gratz, by the way, and we scored 13 against them, so definitely not. <laughs> uh, ben, ben, did you, you mention something yesterday about a mate of yours who follows the Bundesliga? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Pogatetz was at uh, Nuremberg last season, uh, actually with Jose Campagna, my uh, my housemate. Um, Relegate, big, by the way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's a, he's a big um, Bundesliga fan, watches all the games out there, and he said, uh, Emmanuel Pogatetz sent Nuremberg down single-handedly. <laughs> <laughs> So there so you go. Maybe not on that one. I love that. Maybe Single-handed, all by himself. 
Um, last uh, thing from last week, it, it developed actually a little. We, we were talking about it during the sort of early part of the week, and then it developed again in the last couple of days. It's obviously Will Zaha. It's a subject that keeps coming back, and will continue to do so. Latest rumor that we're one of three clubs to have agreed terms if he has no future at Man United, which you know is a, is a big possibility. I guess that we might have might have done that. We'd certainly be in for him if he's available. Um, so, Gel, you get your chance to talk about that. Just to give a quick general opinion, and we've got a poll on this. Uh, but the general consensus was, I would say, edging towards some people saying probably not worth the risk or the money with what's happened in the last couple of years. What's your views? He's absolutely worth the money for me. Um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be joyous, but but the, the place I wouldn't want to see him on the wing. That's the thing I want to see him up front. I think he's got the trickery and the pace to. And we listen. We saw what we'd never seen from him before, right? Against Brighton in the single most important game in 10 years for us to get us where he got us right Th- those those it was just it was just fantastic and if he could just he don't need to come and score 15 15 18 goals for us a season mm-hmm. and everyone would love him again i just yeah i mean i'm i don't know about the playing up front thing i do know we've had this chat before about him a long long time ago saying that when back in the days when we had Alan Lee at the club, that he fancied playing off Alan Lee as the sort of quick striker to get on his knockdowns. And he saw himself as a forward. And interestingly enough, it's sort of almost come full circle in that he's now been quoted at Man United saying that, you know, he's used to playing as a winger and it's a bit different. But he's now been told he's got to play up front for them and compete with the strikers that they've got. But it, it depends. I mean, I know um, Alex White and myself had quite a long argument on Twitter that a lot of people witnessed um about this, and it, it was he, his view was that Van Hal was actually giving Wilf a chance there. My view was him. The, the, the comments were that Wilf's got to play up front, and he's got a lot of competition. To me, yeah. that's see you yeah. later. So that's exactly. what I, that's what I think. But you know, I, I could be wrong there. But um, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting time, put it that way. But um, I suppose the other side of things is if he does leave, and he's got the choice of us, is it West Ham and Newcastle, I think, with the other two, maybe? It'll be too if, cold in Newcastle for if, him. If, if he goes to either of them and not us, suddenly, suddenly he won't be, certainly won't be that hero anymore, I don't think. But I, I, can't, I can't say anything other than we witnessed Wilf um, go from being, you know, quite a scrawny little lad who just who got a chance against Cardiff once at the end of a season under Warnock to being, you know, someone who was a, he was a superstar for us. He really was. Things he did, the way he used to go past people. Um, there's always baggage. People talk about this baggage of his attitude and all this sort of stuff. I never really heard anything about too bad attitudes about him, to be honest with you. Um, you know, a few things that you'd expect from a young lad with a bit of money sometimes. But, you know, at the end of the day, there's all with someone who's sort of prodigiously talented, which Wilf Zaha is, someone who's just very, very, very special you're going to get a little bit of baggage with him and you, just to how you manage him. I don't think a big club environment necessarily suits that for him. I think I think when you go back to the story about him being the only one who didn't turn up for optional training, I don't think that's attitude. I think that's naivety that he didn't. I think he didn't realise that he was being tested. I think that's the kind of personality he is. And I think he he thrives at a club. He'll thrive at a club like Palace. I think unfortunately for him, unless he grows up a little and, and sort of becomes a bit more worldly wise that he, he will struggle at a bigger club. <clears throat> Patrick. No, I agree, especially the part you said about him being naive. He's a he's a young kid. He's you know, um so him not going to training, it's not him saying I'm not going to training, it's him saying, Oh my gosh, I didn't realise I was be at training. So um I think getting him back would be great for us. I really do. I, I've always uh, loved Will as a player. 
I don't think he can play at May United. I don't think the system that Van Hal brought in, the 3-5-2, works with Wilf because I don't think Wilf really is is good as one of the two. And playing wide, he's not going to be able to track back like um, Luke Shaw obviously will and um, Valencia. So I think he's better off at another team that plays system better for him and what better team than Crystal Palace. Mm, absolutely. All right. Brilliant. Let's <laughs> stop there. Um, I think we were going to talk about what we uh, what other additions we wanted, but I think we've kept you guys for long enough, nearly an hour and a half. Uh, it's been great to be back. Really thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, don't forget, of course, the show is uh, available as a podcast. And if you are listening to this on the podcast, you know, you li- listen live. You can win stuff. And uh, We've had so much Twitter contact today, I have to say. It's been sensational. I'm gutted we can't go through it all. Uh, it's just, just caught us a little bit by surprise. We've had a very packed show with guests and stuff like that. But on a regular show, we'll be much more uh, able to engage with your, your comments. Thank you to every single one of you who did. Uh, your, we did a uh, poll earlier on on the subject of Wilf. Well, the results are that 70 of you would re-sign Wilf and 28 of you who voted would not re-sign him. So not comprehensive, but pretty, pretty, you know, pretty strong signs that most of you quite rightly in my view want Wilf back at Crystal Palace and let's hope that that happens so thank you very much for listening thank you very much to my co-presenter today cheers lads thank you cheers alright and uh, we'll be back next Sunday at 8pm cheerio Apparently they can hear me. Mm-hmm. Do you Hello, hear Joe? <sighs> no, you can't hear us. Cunting computer shit. I'm a fucking stress with this. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.